Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. To another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, the reigning, the defending, undisputed, somewhat heavyweight valedictorian of the show, AJ Johnson. Blow him, we have my best friend in the whole entire world, the Mukesia, Aaron Mukes. And of course, below me, we have the smoothest voice in sports casting, good old Dave Dylan, JB Kearns. It's a beautiful. April, May 20th evening here in the city, episode 31, breaking down the NFC West schedules. AJ, how goes it? See what happened was. See what happened was. Oh, was it you? No, definitely was not me. However, in case it was me, I wanted to be prepared. So, you know, it goes well, except that I wasn't prepared that you were coming to me first. You know, I thought you was going to go down there to your best friend because of all the love and everything. I'm not hating. It's okay. Uh, it's Friday, man. I'm happy. I'm happy. We got all four guys here today. I actually didn't know Aaron was going to be here, so I'm happy that he is. Apparently, he's got some words for me. I'm excited to uh, find out what those are. You know, he'll <laughs> never let nothing go when he ain't on the show. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we got a good show. We're going to talk some uh, storylines because Dylan's been excited to write newspaper headlines for a week. He's like an old timer in the 20s with his little headlines. It's exciting. It's going to be a good show. I'm excited. He's pumped. He's pumped. Yeah, we do have a great show. We're going to be diving into the uh, Rams, Cardinals, Niners, and Seahawks schedules and talk all about the NFC West and what is to come in the 2022 season. Shout out everybody in the chat. I see Joey B. Dante's in here. Appreciate you, Dante, for switching over to YouTube. Bailey, of course, is in here. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Sac City podcast today. Uh, We're going to talk schedule in just a few moments, but it is a fun and games Friday, and we do have all four of us on here tonight for eh, I don't want to say it's rare to have all four of us on on a Friday, but it's I think this is only time. like, this. yeah, it's, it has been pretty rare that all four of us have been here to the point where Bailey even says, wow, it's all four of y'all. Cause that is correct. It's, it is all four of us. So we're going to play a game here. Gentlemen. I'm excited for this. I'm very excited. Very excited. Can, can I, can yeah. I stop you? I was, I was, that's why I was like slowing down. Cause I saw you were like, you're trying to about to say something. I was like, well, yeah. I'm just upset. Like AJ deflected saying, I thought you were going to your best friend first. And then you just disregarded Dylan and I all together. We got we to we move. I mean, we got to no. move. We got to stick and move. I'm too damn important to just be talking. <laughs> we got to move. First of all, I'm the, I have, the, I have a loud mouth. I have too much to say. And I'm not just going to let it roll. I don't care if you're the producer, the host. I don't it, care. I'm let getting me, my on. words in. Let, let me defend myself here real quick. Since I thought, okay, I know Aaron's got storylines for tonight. And I know Dylan's got storylines for tonight. I figured AJ could talk a little bit at the beginning of the show. Because he ain't going to be talking at the rest of the show. Because he doesn't have any storylines for the That's NFC not, West. No. He just put him in there. Oh, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. He put him in there. Look at the document. I do my job late. Listen, I I only I want to bring up two things because I know we do have to move. AJ, I'm I'm not really calling you out. I actually wanted to call you guys all out because but AJ specifically said words that offended me. Not really offended me, but it should have it should offend most people. You guys were talking about the Browns. After the Bengals talk, by the way, and AJ was like, you know, we got to stop talking about the Bengals like they were in the past and blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, like most Bengals fans, they had a good year. They went to the Super Bowl. But then the Browns come up and all we keep regurgitating is, well, the Browns are going to Brown. Well, this is still the Browns. But a year ago, this man, can, can we solo him? This man right here picked the Browns to go to the Super Bowl. I did. With Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Wait, wait, no, no, but that's with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. And now they get Deshaun Watson, who we admittedly talked about as being one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. 
and we're still going to say, well, the Browns are going to Brown. This is a classic case of recency bias. What have you done for me lately? And the last thing we saw the Browns do was shit the bed. So I didn't really like that. I was offended by that. I was also offended by Dylan saying, oh, well, Joe Burrow's just a winner. And then talking about the best quarterbacks in the division. And we just disregard the fact that Deshaun Watson has won everywhere he's been. Deshaun Watson beat the all-time great Alabama teams, comes into the NFL, is carrying a Houston team with, let's be honest, they weren't that great. Carry them to the playoffs, played great in a, in a game where they should have won. And then, yes, he had a 4-12 and season. They were atrocious. Yeah. The roster was bad. But let's not act like we don't remember what these guys have done in this league. You guys brought it up with Lamar Jackson. You brought it up with, with him saying, hey, let's not forget he was an MVP. Let's not forget he led the NFL in touchdowns. Let's not forget Deshaun Watson, before he started going to get massage parlors, was oh arguably a top three to five quarterback in the NFL. And we can't just dismiss that. And just all of a sudden, Joe Burrow is now the best quarterback in perhaps in the AFC North. And I know you guys didn't he say that. He must have turned it off. He must no, have no, turned I, it off. <laughs> I know you guys didn't say that, but I thought the disrespect coming towards the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson, if he plays, I, I, I just didn't think you guys gave him enough credit by talking about Joe Burrow as a winner because like, well, Joe Burrow can do this because he's a winner. Okay. Well, Deshaun Watson has won wherever he's been as well. I don't want, I don't still want people to forget that. So yeah. I thought I'd come on here and say, well, and I there's more. Was, I'm not done. All I meant was I'm not I done. You don't, Y'all know I love you don't get to reply. Freedom, you don't right? get to reply because we don't have time. We're not the other thing I want to say, I have one more shout out, one more thing really quick. And this goes to us as being media journalists, because I'm the one who typically responds to these YouTube haters online and stuff. But I have noticed more and more on the other side that athletes are very sensitive and they're getting upset when media talks about them and they feel like they don't have the right to talk about them because they've never played the sport or they don't play in the NBA or the NFL. And I am getting sick and tired of hearing people over and over and over again, whether it's somebody who plays in the league saying, well, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to speak my narrative because this media member doesn't have the right to do it because they've never played it. I, I need those people to stop. If you guys have all heard the Patrick Beverly beef that's been going on with Chris Paul and the ass clown that he made himself look like by going on all these ESPN platforms and talking crap about a player and putting words in players' mouths, that is no different. Just because you play in the league doesn't mean you have some higher power about talking about what you see on the field or on the court. And I'm sorry. I've watched enough football in my days. These guys on here have watched enough tape and football. We get to compare you to your contemporary. We get to compare you to how you're playing in a league with people that are supposed to be on your level. Does that mean we can do what you do? Absolutely not. But it doesn't mean we're going to shut up about it. So as a newest media member, I invite more people to talk about it and go ahead and criticize these athletes the way they deserve to be criticized on the field. It's nothing personal. That's their job, just like this is our job. And we get paid to do it. And the reason I bring it up is because all these athletes that talk about media members and not wanting them to say nothing, just remember, that media goes away, so do those million-dollar paychecks. Because I promise you, you will never get the coverage from the public if it wasn't for the media. So I just want that narrative to end. I get sick and tired of hearing these athletes say that. Um, it's just asinine. So and we can move on. Because so I love you guys. You guys are doing a great to. job. That I won't so reply to. Wow, just so beautiful. All right. You know, Deshaun Watson. Well done. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, yeah, go well, ahead. well done. You know, I, I, nice. did, I did think of something while you were talking. What is that? And this is a really it's a way, way off the rails note, but oh Baker Mayfield is what Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield wishes he could be what Deshaun Watson was. Like, think about it. Like, we talk about Baker Mayfield how he took the Browns to the playoffs, and like that's the reason why the Browns shouldn't have done him dirty. But like, he wasn't that good. If you look at what Deshaun Watson did, he took the Texans to the playoffs and he did well, and he wasn't done dirty because he played so well. So that's a just dumb note. I got I, it out of my system. I, the yeah. most dealing thing you've ever said. Let's get into our game. So, so tonight's <laughs> game, we are going to be, there'll be one little note, and you guys have to list all of the teams associated with this question. 
You guys have five seconds, three strikes oh. if you do not either answer or you guess a wrong uh, uh, wrong team. Everybody get it? Not really. <clears throat> I'm under the I'm a little under the weather, so pardon my voice and I'll do 10 I'm seconds and you guys have 10 seconds to give me an answer that that what for of a team that is on this list that you're about to see for the question. 10 I seconds. Think I you know, do we Great, solo already? No, I'm going around the horn. I'm going you you have turns. You have turns. Right. This is not you will go around the horn and whoever is the last man standing and if you're all the last man standing then I lose. So there we go. This is the question here. Teams that have not made the postseason in more than two years. You need to list the teams that have not made the postseason in more than two years. AJ, you go first. You have 10 seconds. Um, well, the Lions. Uh, okay, that's one. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no it's just we one go around the horn. Yeah, it's one at a time. The gotcha. Lions okay. are correct. The Lions are correct. Aaron. Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Duval Jaguars. That is correct. Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that is incorrect. AJ has a strike. Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. Then. Is it much? Oh, my turn again? Yeah. Uh, Ooh. Atlanta Falcons. That is correct. Dylan. New York Jets. That is correct. AJ. New York Giants. That is correct. Washington Commander. That is incorrect. You have a strike. Oh, no, they just like. Dummy. Dumb. Yep. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Dylan. Los Angeles Chargers. That is correct. There are two teams remaining. AJ. Oh. Minnesota Vikings, three years ago. That is incorrect. AJ, you now have two strikes. One more strike and you are out of here. Aaron, you have two strikes. You have one strike and you're on the clock. Um, right. Miami Dolphins. That is correct. And Dylan. I got it. Is the Houston Texans answered? That is incorrect. AJ. Denver Broncos. That is correct. You guys all defeated me on our game that we have here. <laughs> I do have one more little game that uh, you guys can, we can play if you want to play. We have yeah, time. We, can, we didn't make play. it to the point. We didn't make it to the twenty minute, uh, twenty yeah, twenty minute mark. So we can play another game. Uh, the, this other list here that I have made is you have to name all of the teams in the NFL that have an I in their logo an i in their logo yeah yeah then an eyeball an eye an eye doesn't have to be an eyeball because you know sometimes it's just just, you don't have an eyeball so it's just it's just a dot it could be just a dot so it's not necessarily an eyeball but But it it represents an eye okay let's let's go (laughs) correct all right aj you are on the clock wait wait which logo their like, primary obviously, logo. Obviously, it's their their symbol, though, right? Not like okay, it is their primary I, I... logo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Last AJ question. Goes first. Do I still have a what? strike, or is it a new strike system? I don't know. I feel like I need to get you guys out now. I feel like you. Uh... Well, I'm th- it's just weird because some of these teams have multiple logos, and it just depends. You say primary. Primary, I, I like the that. one we see all the time. Or day, got Not it. Not some secondary right. logo. Well, I'll start with your dual. <laughs> there you go, Dylan. Uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, okay, yeah, there you go. We'll just go around there like that. Yep. Aaron, you went to Dylan first. Uh, I did. I didn't mean to. Seattle Seahawks. Yep. AJ. Arizona Cardinals. That is correct. Philadelphia Eagles. That is correct. I want to. I want to question. I want to question that Philadelphia Eagles one. But um, they do have an eye. They do have the, an eye. The, the, the Raiders. That is correct. My patch. Is there more? No, there's an eye on the other side. Oh, Carolina Panthers. That is correct. 
Baltimore Ravens. That is correct. Tampa Bay. That is correct. You got a skull. Lies. They have they have they have eye holes. That's okay. why I was I, I tried to specify there with the eye not eyeballs. Yeah. Patriots. That is correct. If you're counting the box, I'm gonna say Vikings. That is correct. Damn. <laughs> a dolphin. That is correct. Do we say my? It's gotta be everyone. We did say that we have not said the Falcons. So I will say the Falcons. Yep. <laughs> and everybody. Got one, two, three more teams left. What? Yeah, got three more teams left. It's wild. I'm gonna take a guess. I don't know if this is represents an eye. Houston Texans. Is that star that is correct. an eye? I was Whoa! hoping I could stop. I was hoping I could stump one of you guys in the Houston Texans because that star represents an eye. It's, it signifies an eye. So, like, I, I think I the logo that I like for the Rams has an eye in it, but the regular mm -hmm. LA with the circle yeah. doesn't. That's why I asked. Yeah. That is not on my list, so no. I don't care I if it's on your list. For that. I will the not Rams give you a strike not. for that, but uh, <laughs> but that is, uh, yeah. It was me. I, I don't even know who's been said. Um, we got the Patriots, Patriots, the Dolphins, Bills. Right. Bills. The Bills are on there. Yep. There is one more team remaining. Did we say the Detroit Lions? We have not said the Detroit Lions. That is the final team. You guys have got all Full of them. Congratulations. Where I started you guys are ended. you guys are all winners. I am the loser here. You guys have defeated me uh in tonight's game. There you go. I am the biggest loser. Da -da -da -da. I'm the loser. There you go. Good job, guys. Good job. Well done. You hey, oh, by the way, there are logos like the Bears and the Rams that have eyes on. But their primary logo is not. I specified and said the primary logo. The primary oh, logo the primary that is on logo. their helmet is a C. Yeah. The logo that yeah, is get currently out of here. being used. Yeah. As their yeah. Logo. Rams have an eye. It's LA with the crescent. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Bears with the with the Cincinnati Reds logo. That's what it is. Because that's the it's like the same logo. logo. Yeah. I know what logo it is. Go ahead. Man. Okay, good. Just make sure. Okay. All right. Good, good. Proud of you. My boy Chris Steele with the Lions. There you go. Up, there yeah. you go. That that does it for our Fun and Games Friday game. We are now about to go into our NFC West schedule breakdowns. But first, AJ, please do the people at home a favor and tell them where they can follow us at. Oh, I see you switched it up with the uh, music there, just like you switched up the jersey on Kenny Baby Hands Piggot, and you gave him a twin because it's twice the fun to talk about Sac City Pod and everywhere we represent at Facebook, at Twitter, at Instagram, on YouTube, and of course, TikTok. Head on over there, hit those likes, hit those subscribes, hit those follows, those shares, tell somebody. I want you to go outside, find somebody like, hey, have you heard about this Sac City Pod? I know you don't care about football, but the NFL is the best thing in the world. You should start caring. And these guys are the first ones to help you do it. So head on over to Sac City Pod, the best NFL content on the interwebs at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Insta IG Graham. Your boys are back in town. I think that's the one I'm doing. I think I think I love that one enough to keep it going yeah. all day. I like it. I like it. You're sticking Word. with it. I, I'm, I'm glad you have you've taken your claim into the uh, and the boys are back in town. I like it. Uh, I just want to remind everybody who's watching right now, please make sure you are doing what AJ said and sharing. Let everyone know that the Sac City podcast is the number one podcast, number one football podcast on the airwaves, the number one podcast on the airwaves. And uh, if you guys miss any show or want to go back and listen to a show, we are available on all podcasting platforms for your listening pleasure pop it in, put, put your car radio on, plug us in, go to your podcasting platform, play us on your drive to work, play us on the way home, play us during your lunch break. We are there on those podcasting platforms. So do not forget that we are, we're, we're, I mean, we're everywhere for you guys. So you, you cannot miss a Sac City episode. It's just, you just can't. We're going to go into our NFC West schedules now, starting off with the Los Angeles Rams. If you miss our show on Wednesday, please, Please go back and watch it or listen to it on the podcasting platforms. Uh, we are going down the list of the teams and their schedules, giving you guys our record and talking about the biggest storylines within these teams. The Rams are first. Their schedule looks like this, including 
five primetime games and a nice showdown with the Denver Broncos on Christmas Day. Dylan, start off to you, buddy. What's the biggest storyline heading into the Los Angeles Rams 2022 season? Well, I wrote down, if I were to be writing for the LA Times, my headline would be repeat on the horizon. Is a repeat on the horizon for these guys. And I mean, you look at this this football team. I mean, last year, they really went all in. Obviously, the trades they made, bringing in uh, a Von Miller and uh, bringing in an Odell Beckham, signing him. I mean, there's just... They, they continue to just make splashes, both uh, w- with their financial reasons and their draft pick capital. And this is a way they can continue to win. I mean, they have a lot of good football players on their roster. Uh, Sean McVay talked about wanting Odell Beckham back. They did trade Robert Woods, who missed most of the year to injury. You got Cooper Cup, who's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, you add a running back in the draft and Kyron Williams. You get a healthy Cam Akers back. Um, I mean, I think they're solid. Obviously, you lose Darius Williams. You lose Von Miller on that defense. but I mean, this team is really good. And in an NFC that's still pretty wide open, uh, I think the Rams, a repeat could be on the horizon if they find a way to uh, win win football games in that division. Yeah, Dylan mentions the repeat and still a good roster. I, I, I agree. I think that the Rams, we talked about it in our kind of power rankings episode, they deserve to be the number one team. But there are some concerns. They do have a good roster, but we, we don't talk enough about the pieces that they lost. And then what we're talking about is repeating as champions. You are now the hunted, not the hunter. Losing an Odell Beckham Jr. who had a huge impact late down the stretch hurts them, even though they bring in a guy like Allen Robinson. We haven't seen Allen Robinson really help a team, a football team win at this level yet. We're going to see how he fits in. They lose Robert Woods, who was a veteran on that team. Uh, and Andrew Whitworth is now gone. You bring in guys like Bobby Wagner. You get Troy Hill back from, from Cleveland. So they try to balance that out. But my biggest thing here would be, are you going to be able to have that dog mentality after you just won? They were hungry last year. Aaron Donald wanted a Super Bowl ring. They, Matthew Stafford had something to prove. Now you have to come back and show it again, and you have to show it again against every team that is now hunting you. See, I got to be very careful. Because about this time last year, I talked about the Rams, and I was worried so much about the Rams. And what do they do? They go out and win a Super Bowl. So I'm going to be very careful. You brought up exactly my storyline. Can Allen Robinson return to form? I mean, we can talk about last year as a wash, but we're talking about NFL players. And despite the situation you're on, you are paid to perform. The money he got was based on what he had done before last year in the whole Matt Nagy with Justin Fields try. But in his his tenure with Chicago, 293 receptions, 3,561 yards, and 18 touchdowns. And that only accounts 400 yards and one touchdown last season. You get a guy like Matthew Stafford, you get an offensive scheme that likes to push the pace uh, like McVay likes to do. There's a solid run game. And honestly, I know we lost, they, they, they lost Whitworth, but you put Noteboom up there. And we've been saying since last year, it's a pretty solid backup for Whitworth. He's learned a lot from him. Um, so on this offense, Allen Robinson has a chance to get back to being one of the top tier receivers in the league. And it's imperative that he does after they did lose an LBJ and a Robert Woods. So my storyline is seeing if your guy, Allen Robinson, who did not return to Jacksonville, sorry, uh, can show up for the defending championship, LA Rams. Yeah, it is heartbreaking and I'm I'm bummed out, but I'm I'm happy for Allen Robinson to be on a team like the Los Angeles Rams, because I mean, it's put up or shut up time for a Robbie. You don't, you don't have the excuse of saying you have a shitty quarterback. And obviously it hasn't been an excuse for him because he's been able to play well with the crappy quarterbacks that he's been given, but now he's got a good one and it's his time to shine uh, in Los Angeles. I'm excited to see what, what we, what we can get from Allen Robinson as a wide receiver too uh, in Los Angeles. My, my biggest storyline, maybe not even necessarily as a, a storyline. It's that week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills. And I do recall, I think it was last week when we were talking, Aaron and I were talking about it on our power ranking show because we have Los Angeles at one and Buffalo at two. And they meet head-to-head week one. And I believe, Aaron, you said that don't be surprised if Buffalo smokes Los Angeles in week one. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Oh, no, you're, you're a little off. I, I didn't say don't be surprised. I said Buffalo will. Okay. Beat yeah. the beat the living dog shit out <laughs> of the Rams week one. And I, I truly believe this. And I'm not saying this just for some headline. I truly believe week one that the Bills are going to come in and make a statement that first week. And I think the Bills are going to dominate that football game. You have a lot of new pieces with the Rams. 
We haven't talked enough about that offensive line and Joe Noteboom, Logan Bruss, those guys that weren't there last year or didn't play a whole year last year. That first week, I think Buffalo's going to come in and I think they're going to dominate that football game. I do think the Rams get off to a slow start this year. Uh, I, I think they're going to be fine. As you you know, we'll talk about winning yeah. division and all that stuff later, but I think it'll be fine. But I do think they get off to a little bit of a slow start this year because of that Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, when I was doing my going down the list of the games they went won and lost, I wanted to do a little deeper research, and I found out that the defending Super Bowl champion in their season opener, uh, in their season opener that week one, that home opener, seven and one in the last 10 years. So, and there's some games where they don't play that Thursday night football. That's what I was referring to those Thursday night primetime games, seven and one. I feel like you just have that extra momentum. you the extra buzz in the crowd. Everyone's hyped up the fact that you're the defending Super Bowl champions. And I do believe you and I were together when we watched the Dallas Cowboys losing that heartbreaker against Tampa Bay on Thursday night football. I think yep. that there's just too much hype around that Super Bowl winning team that, the Rams will be able to persevere and win against the Buffalo bills in week one. Let's take a look at our NFC West standings and what we had for the Buffalo or for the Los Angeles Rams, all pretty similar 12 and five, 12 and five, 11 and six, 11 and six. AJ, did you have uh, Buffalo beating Los Angeles in week one? I'm pretty sure I did. Um, Buffalo in week one, they really do like to come out and hit hard. Um, and I am personally, and we'll talk about this with the AFC East. I think Josh Allen's on a different mission this year. And I know it's easy to say, like we talked about Stefan Diggs watching the celebration two years ago, didn't plan out the way he did, but something about the way that game ended. I feel like Josh Allen doesn't want to let that fall into anybody's hands anymore. Like I think he's going to be exceptional this year. One of the top, top three quarterbacks in the league again. So or at least for the first time, spite on, I don't know, have the numbers right with me, but uh, I do have them losing in week one. I think Josh Allen's going to have a very nice day uh, in week one. Yeah, that'll be a tough game. That'll be a very tough, like it, it could either, I, I'm not going to go on the side of what Aaron was saying, where it's not going to be close, like Buffalo's going to smoke them, whatever. But I think I could definitely see Buffalo winning. I can, I will play the fence there and say Buffalo you know, could win. You don't get to play the fence. Well, the well, fence on, when week one rolls around, yet. when week one rolls around, I will Dang end up fine. having a yeah, that's dead. Uh, <laughs> when we when week one rolls around, I will have my decision. I will not be Switzerland and play the fence. But uh, let's move on to our, our Dylan. Did you have the Bills in that game or the Rams on that week one? You know, it was a toss up. The way I looked at it, I looked at the. Um, I, I literally looked at the schedule and I was like, okay, they could have won this one. They could have lost this one by the end of their bye week I was like, okay, if they were to drop that one, they win that one. I, I based it off of that as opposed to, yeah, they're going to beat that team, that team, that like, I, I thought there were a few toss-ups in which I would give one win to them and one win to another. So that was one that was one of those toss-ups. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's, that's also important when we talk about picking these games and I, I might be the only one. Well, Vinny did as well, I believe. And I don't know how AJ did his, but, I looked at a lot of factors. It wasn't just like, hey, I, like Dylan said, I picked, you know, split the division games. And like, I went game by game by game. How many games in a row did you have that were on the road? Are you coming off a long road trip? Did you play back-to-back division games against two tough teams? Like, I have the Rams starting one and three. And the reason I do is because they play division teams early with, with Arizona and San Francisco, both on the road. Like, I have them losing that first game to Buffalo because I think Buffalo is a better team. And then I have them losing those two road games to division opponents. But then I'm a, I have them going on a stretch where they win like six straight. So, um, I, again, I think they start off slow, but I did go game by game. I wanted to – and we don't know, right? This is a situation we, we don't know. At the end of the day, I think it all kind of is relative and we all end up finding out we're right around our mark. But um, I, I wanted to do it a little bit more detailed just to try to get an, an idea of what these teams actually go through each week we never really talk about that we just say oh they're gonna go 10 and 6 they're gonna go 11 and 5 or whatever and um, now we're here at the season and we're trying to pick games where i think it was good to look this far ahead and see if we can do that yeah yeah it's a it's a good it's a good way to to come back on we'll probably predict these the, the season again uh come well not as advanced as this but We'll come back to this and we'll come back to what we have in August. And it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Let's get into the Arizona Cardinals here. We play for bravery. 
We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Let's get to the Arizona Cardinals here. Their schedule, I mean, this NFC, the, the NFC West, they have a lot of tough opponents. Uh, Kansas City here on the Arizona Cardinals schedule week one. Like, between the Rams and the Cardinals, these like week one is no cakewalk at all with Buffalo and Kansas City. At least they're at home for those games, the, the Rams and the Cardinals. Their sched- the Cardinals schedule does look like this, including the four primetime games and that Christmas night game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another tough, tough schedule for an NFC West team. AJ, what's your storyline heading into the Arizona Cardinals 2022 season? I think the storyline is the one that most people would look towards, and that's how competitive will they be the first six weeks without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, we, we talk about D-Hop being one of the favorite receivers for really any quarterback, and that, and that remains to be true. What he does with Kyler Murray is something fun to watch. It can be productive at times. But when you really sit back and look at it, the offense that they have created in Arizona should allow them to still be quite productive in that first three weeks. Uh, first six weeks, I apologize. Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins has 4,727 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. But we can talk about interceptions for something else. When you look at last year, the first six games, D-Hop had 38 targets. That's a little bit more than six targets a game. That means they're really spreading the office out. You go back to the Houston days, if D-Hop wasn't getting eight, nine, ten targets a game, something was wrong. So I do actually believe that they have the chance to go four and two in those first six games. When you look at it, that is a very hard first game. The Raiders, I think, is going to be a toss-up. But then you get to go kind of a little bit easier from week four to six. So without DeAndre Hopkins, I think they have a chance. If they get to their football and they're playing the correct way, they can start as hot and fast as they did last season. By the time DeAndre Hopkins gets back, they should be a pretty well-oiled machine into their buy, and then we'll see what happens because that seems to be when they crumble. <laughs> yeah, which leads me right into my storyline. It's not about the gotcha. beginning of the season for the Arizona Cardinals. It's all about the end, right? We talked about it for I don't know how many times last year. Each week it seemed like we were bringing up, oh, no, is this an Arizona collapse? I think, again, just projecting, looking ahead, you might run into the same situation you had the last couple of years. Their schedule down the end of the the stretch is tough. They got the Chargers, Denver on the road, Tampa Bay, uh, San Francisco on the road, teams that they're going to have trouble beating. I think that's the biggest storyline here. Can Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray get over that hump of not collapsing down the stretch? And they've already lost pieces, right? Christian Kirk, gone. I know they added a Marquise Brown. They bring back an A.J. Green. But did they do enough on the defensive side of the football after losing a Chandler Jones? Is J.J. Watt going to come back healthy enough and still young enough to make an impact like we've seen him make over the, the course of his career? How good is that secondary? We know Dylan's guy, Jeff Gladney, is there. But again, we're unsure about how that fit. Is he going to break out? What kind of situation is going to look like on the defensive side of the football? But I think the most important factor is, do we find another stretch where Arizona is a 10-3 and three team, a 9-4 and four team or whatever it is, and then you go and lose four straight games to injury? So t- that, that, that is the, that I feel like is the key for Arizona. The past two seasons, it's been that, sa- that same exact setup. Dylan, I'm a little confused here, buddy. And this is why I wanted to bring it all back to the group here. Because your storyline for this reads, drop the drama, play football. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> well, that mean? as you said, a storyline, right? If I, w- if I were to be writing for the Arizona Daily Sun, my storyline would read <laughs> the Arizona <laughs> Daily Wait, can Sun. Can we confirm? Can we confirm? Can we confirm that that is the actual newspaper in Arizona? Can we confirm that? <laughs> Arizona Daily Sun. The Arizona, there is, Arizona there Daily is, Sun. There is an Arizona <laughs> Daily Sun. Well Dude, done, Dylan. Well done. Dude, well done. Bravo. Well, if I was writing for the Arizona Daily Sun, my headline would say, drop the drama, play football. And what I'm saying is everybody was talking about a little while ago about the Kyler Murray 
rumors and how everything was going on there. There was a lot of bad PR around the Arizona Cardinals, right? Drama surrounding Kyler Murray. That's all good. It's all figured out now. DeAndre Hopkins gets the six-game ban. More drama there. More things going around this organization when it comes to that. And then, of course, uh, you got to worry about on-field stuff. Uh, J.J. Watt, his health. All those things are considerations. So when it comes to that, eliminate the stress that you've got enough on-field problems. Aaron mentions their ability to collapse. They don't look good uh, late in the season. You've got enough on-field problems you got to figure out. Don't worry about this drama with Kyler Murray or any egos or people deleting pictures or putting houses up for sale. Who cares? Who cares? Just go out there and play football the way you should, and that's the way you got to do it. So go play football, go win yourself some division games, and go help your football team. That's what they got to do. Drop the drama, play football. Who cares? Well, they have to care. The drama's coming from their starting franchise quarterback. If you say who cares, well, obviously he cares because if he's not there, we know they're not going to win. I don't think it's a matter of saying who cares. I I get your point saying drop the drama. Let's just focus on football. But they can't do that if Kyler Murray's not focused on football. I do believe they're past that drama of Kyler Murray wanting out or, you know, contract talk and all those things. But the fact of the matter is, is they don't really get to just walk away from DeAndre Hopkins not being on the football field. He is going to miss six games. If they don't get off to a good start, and we know how they finished over the past couple of seasons, where does that leave them? It leaves them sitting and looking at seven, eight, nine wins, and probably not enough to get in the playoffs. I think that we there was a report yesterday about Kyler Murray uh, from Jason Law, from uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN uh, saying he won't be, quote, he won't be too eager to play this season without a new deal from the Cardinals. So I don't know if this drama is uh, stopping any time soon. I don't, uh, but does anybody really believe that they're they're not going to get a deal done? I, yeah, I, I don't, don't see. This is what I was. This is what oh, I was I was telling people. I, I it was and I don't mean to connect continue to be that Jaguars fan here to, to connect things to the Jaguars, but I was telling a Jaguars fan the other day, and you guys taught me about this, that the media is just like we have to have these stories. These stories have to be in our media. We have like that's our job to be able to keep putting out content, whether it be 100 percent factual or not. It's our job to make stories. So like I referenced to the the Byron Leftwich to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The the Jaguars were not reporting that they wanted Leftwich. The media was, and fans got around it, and then that's what happened. Similar with the Kyler Murray thing, the media is bringing up all of this stuff about Kyler Murray and not being happy, or what Jeremy Fowler just said, not being too eager to play without a contract. It might not even be that serious. You can't look so deeply into that. All he said is it might not be too would you be eager to play without a contract? I mean, that like, well, it, it's an obvious statement, but it, it's not necessarily saying that they're far apart on, in a con in contract talks. You have to look at the Hollywood Brown acquisition, I think to, to show, and I know you don't like me bringing up the connection between college quarterback and college wide receiver, but the Arizona Cardinals to go out and acquire Hollywood Brown, it costs a pretty penny. Some may say a little bit too much, but they went out and got him because they know that a he's a good player and b that relationship with Kyler Murray. So Arizona will, I think will do anything that they possibly can to re-sign their franchise quarterback. And I think we're the media makes us dive into it a little too deeply at times. Well, there were breadcrumbs too, though. You know, there was a conversation about there being an extension offer on the table. Uh, there was the manifesto, if you will, uh, that got leaked and signed by, uh, the, the agent and Kyler Murray about offering the extension and wanting to be there, wanting to play, having the best interest of him, of the team, and then himself in mind. And then, of course, the last breadcrumb to fall is if they are worried about getting him a deal, the very least they could do is go out and get him one of the guys that he cherished when he was in college. So there's things there to lead people to believe possibly it's not as close as we want. But at the same time, I don't think. I don't think Kyler Murray did anything out of the realm of normalcy when it comes to letting your team know you have you want a contract extension. It's just viewed differently because he's the quarterback. He's supposed to be he's supposed to be the leader. So when you delete pictures and take them off of your IG or whatever, it, it's viewed a different way than when a cornerback or Debo Samuel does it. But that's what I mean. We've seen this already this offseason. We've right. seen it with Debo Samuel. We've seen it with AJ Brown. Nobody we Hollywood Brown was traded out of nowhere. A.J. Brown was traded before Debo Samuel, and we had no inclination that A.J. Brown was going to get traded after the initial rumor was gone. Like, 
the stories are about timing. It's about when these stories are put out. It's it's not that somebody's manifesting this, making stuff up. It's that the way we report a headline, the way we submit these stories, and the time we put them out. When there's nothing going on, and then you release a headline that says, yeah, you know, he's not eager to stay in Arizona if he doesn't have a new contract extension. Yeah. Okay, that's that's obvious, but it stirs up the conversation again. And they never let it get stale, so it goes away. Okay, nobody's talking about Kyler anymore. Let's bring it back up so we have that yeah. conversation continuing to go throughout the offseason because that's what they're paid to do. They're paid to get clicks, paid to get people talking about it. But yeah. it, again, it's, it doesn't mean it's false. It just means I don't think it's an alarming situation when we're talking about May, whatever, 19th, 20th uh, versus if it's July 28th and they're getting ready yeah. to go to training camp. Yeah. Now That's we're talking about a different start. story. Exactly. Exactly. It's just the media doing their job. Let's take a look at the rest of the NFC West standings for the Arizona Cardinals. Eight and nine, nine and eight, ten and seven, another eight and nine. I mean, this is that's 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 a tough Tough look for the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion, to go 500 or or below 500 uh, for this upcoming season. Now, I will ask Aaron. I got to ask you this question because you have my eight and nine, and even for you, AJ, at nine and eight, is Cliff Kingsbury gone if they go nine and eight or eight and nine, or is that nope. but hot seat though, right? No nope. conversations. No, okay. Not okay. not even to leave, but like there's going to be talk around it and. You'll be hearing that that murmur. <laughs> the media will do its but, job, but I, yeah. I think there will be a microscope. I don't think it's like, hey, you have this season, or we're going somewhere else. They're too close, and in, in, in ways, and we talk about yeah. them crumbling. But we talk about this team for the last three years. We've you seen got, what they can do. They just they don't hold just it. Signed him through. to an extension. He yeah. signed through twenty twenty seven. He's not going anywhere. Mm. He is signed through twenty twenty seven. He is not going anywhere. He is signed to Kyler Murray. It's another reason why Kyler's not yeah. going anywhere because him and Kyler are like tied together. They, they, they will get Kyler Murray signed. Cliff Kingsbury is not going anywhere for at least two to three years. Um, they trust that system. They believe it. They have a good relationship with, with Kime and them. And like, it's so hard to win. It just, the talk, like you said, the media is going to do their job. Yeah. Say he should be on the hot seat because they don't win every year or whatever it is. But let's not forget where the Cardinals came from. Okay. This is a three and 14 or three and 13 football team. They've, gotten better each year including last year we'll see what happens this year the old cliche i know you guys love so much um, but the fact of the matter is, is if they don't win this year it's not going to change okay how okay. bad Cardinals would they fans- have to be for that to be a conversation though this year i think they would have to be they'd have to be bad two years in a row like real bad yeah. like yeah. if they went three and you know four and 13 this year and then next year they follow that up and they start off you know two and eight or something like that then I think you start to see that conversation uh, shift. But they obviously felt comfortable enough with the progress he made to sign him to an extension this offseason. He's going to at least get this year and next year to to see what he's capable of. Arizona Cardinals fans in the chat watching this, let us know if you think Cliff Kingsbury should be on the hot seat if he comes out with an eight and nine season or a nine and eight season. We'll now move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Their schedule looks like this featuring four prime time games, uh, including that nice little uh, week four matchup on Monday night football against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams and a rematch of the NFC championship game. Aaron, I'm going to start with you here on this with the storylines and what you're looking forward to with this San Francisco 49ers season, because if I remember correctly, we were low on our power rankings for the Niners. So now we're looking at the schedule. We said we were going to look at it all and factor in where we have these teams in our power rankings and moving forward. What it is moving forward. What's your storyline? What do you think about the Niners schedule? Yeah, this is, I mean, I think they have a tough schedule. I think actually they get off to a really good start this year, but the biggest storyline is, is Trey Lance the guy, right? Does Trey Lance come out and have immediate impact? I think it's nice to be able to come in and start off with two teams that we have ranked near the bottom in Chicago and Seattle. You get Chicago in September before it gets really, really cold there. The weather's not a huge factor in Chicago at this time. So you get that advantage before you start to go play some of those good teams. If you look at the first six weeks of the season, the only tough teams there are really like the Rams. And then maybe you get Denver at Denver. Other than that, I think they can win those games against Chicago, Atlanta, Carolina, and Seattle. So I think they got off to a hot start with a young quarterback, build some confidence, but is he going to be able to, 
is he built to last through the middle part of that season when the when the the games start meaning more and they start playing teams that are fighting for playoff position. I think that's when you're going to see him start to struggle a little bit. And that's when they're going to, their season's probably going to start to take a turn, but can he just show that growth for them to know that they gave up the right amount to get their franchise quarterback with the number three overall pick. And that is a storyline. I mean, I'm, my thoughts are the same thing around the 49ers, despite all the Debo Samuel talk this year, it seems like they have at least started to patch things up well enough. The question becomes about the Trey Lance era. I mean, we're taught it, it has to be time. We know they've been trying to trade Jimmy G. That hasn't happened. They traded their first round pick in last year's draft, this year's draft, and next year's draft to move up to number three to get him. You can't just let him sit back and take another year off. This isn't a Jordan Love situation or anything like that. It's not even a move up to get Pat Mahomes situation, really. Um, well, maybe closer. But either way, and the talk around Trey Lance is that he's not ready. The fact of the matter is you're not going to know until he gets out there and plays the game because it's one thing to not be ready. You're playing these guys in practice, and that's all you're seeing. But your instincts kick in differently when you're under real duress and real danger. Those guys in practice are only allowed to hurt you so much. When you get out on that field and you know it's life or death, the movements you make, the throws you make, the decisions you decide to make are going to, make, are going to matter tenfold. So it's time for him to get on the field and show us what he is capable of in the NFL. And whether he's ready or not, you have to know that before you can move on with your franchise and talk Super Bowl again. Dylan Kern, San Francisco Chronicles. When I wrote this headline, I sat here and I said, you know what? Did the 49ers, did the offseason moves hold back the 49ers? That's my headline here. Um, and, and I guess he signed Charvarius Ward. That's nice. You need cornerback help. Outside of that, a little Ray Ray McLeod. Ugh. And the rest of that offseason moves weren't the best. And then you followed up with one of the worst drafts we've seen from the Shanahan era. No. The worst draft we've seen from the Kyle Shanahan era and one of the worst drafts we've seen by an organization in a long time. I mean, that's that's huge. This is a tough division. I know the conference isn't great. You might be able to uh, win a couple non, or, uh, non-division games. Yeah, nice. Thanks. Perfect. Uh, pop that puppy up there and you look at their uh, the teams they play. I mean, it's the NFC is pretty weak, right? And the 49ers are, are a team that, sure, yes, they were in a great spot last year. We also saw them a year after great success sort of decline. And Jimmy Garoppolo's a little bit questionable right now. He's going coming back from injury. Uh, they tried moving him, as AJ said, couldn't get that done and haven't yet. So Trey Lance is going to have to come in, and there's people on their beat that say that he's he's still far from being ready. So, I mean, the 49ers are in a tough spot right now. Their offseason did not help them. So, once again, my headline is how much did it hold them back? Yeah, that Trey Lance thing, the, 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 that rumor popped up in the in the rumor mill on Twitter the other day of how he's not – uh, he hasn't looked ready. And I'm like thinking to myself and Aaron, maybe you can shed some light in this. Like we're only, this is like OTA. Like how, how much stock should we be putting into these types of reports? I mean, like it just it's started. So stupid. Like it's, it's so like, stupid. Like I saw, we'll, we'll talk about the Geno Smith stuff in a, in a second too. But like these reports, like I'm like, what? it's so early. How could you be making these assessments? Like it just doesn't make sense. I will, I will tell you. Part of it is there are many, many people within the 49ers organization, within the Bay Area media team. They love Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not saying they're doing this on purpose, but I believe there's some slander towards Trey Lance. This started last year about him not being ready, him not maybe not looking the part because people in that organization, people around that organization, they love Jimmy Garoppolo. Like people defend Jimmy Garoppolo in that organization. I think it's a little bit of that, not... People don't feel like Jimmy was given the credit that he deserves in taking them to you know, a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game. Look, it doesn't matter. At this point, if you're a 49ers fan or a beat writer or part of that organization, the change of the guard is coming no matter what, no matter because they invested so much in him. Why not be on board? I listen to the players. George Kittle's been coming out many times saying, dude, this dude is talented. Like his arm talent is just significant. He can do these things on the football field. Those are the guys that I'm listening to. And they love Jimmy too, but they know that the upside of a Trey Lance far outweighs the upside of a Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe he's not polished, but we all know you can't be polished in May. You got to wait until be polished until you're on the football field in September, October, and you actually play real football games. So when he gets that experience, he'll have some growing pains, but he'll be fine. To say that now is just, to me, it's, it's, I want to I want to retract something I said during my soliloquy because uh, I was talking fast. I was moving with it. I said this wasn't very much like a 
Patrick Mahomes situation. And I've said multiple times before that it was. And you kind of reminded me something about that. If you recall, when Pat Mahomes was sitting on the bench and they were talking about the next season, this was the same thought process. It was a tight end, Travis Kelsey, talking about how Patrick Mahomes was a dude. And Alex Smith is one of their favorite people. They love him to death. What Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to come in and do behind center is just different. And I'm not saying Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes, but we've seen some of the things he can do. Even the two games he did play, this kid has some talent, and it's different than what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do. What the problem with Jimmy is they say you sometimes need your quarterback to just not lose you the game, and maybe that's the best thing he does, but he doesn't go out and win you the game, and they're hoping the talent and the athleticism and the instincts of Trey Lance could be that difference. This is how we have the NFC West shaken up for the San Francisco 49ers. Similar to the Cardinals, these two teams kind of just neck and neck right there. I will tell you this. I had a hard time figuring out where I wanted to put these wins and losses for San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we'll we'll talk about that as we get closer to the season. Let's wrap things up with the Seattle Seahawks and their schedule looks like this, including two primetime games, one against the Denver Broncos kick off the season that everyone is going to be talking about. And then one in week 15 on Thursday night against the San Francisco 49ers, who we uh, just mentioned. Dylan, what's your storyline heading into this Seattle Seahawks season? Well, writing for the Seattle Times here at this one, uh, the storyline is can Drew Locke thrive in his new start? He's got a revenge game week one against his beloved um, Denver Broncos that drafted him. And I mean, you got to look at Drew Locke throughout his career, right? His record, QB, uh, QB record, 8-13. and 13. A guy who has 25 touchdown passes to, to his 20 interceptions across three years. I mean, he's getting a fresh start. He's getting weapons on the outside. You got a Tyler Lockett. You got a DK Metcalf. You get a nice run game with Rashad Penny. You draft a, a, a Kenneth Walker, another big back that you can put back there. He's got weapons. And I know they mentioned the Geno Smith. He's ahead of him right now. And uh, if that decision's made to go there or anyone else they bring in at quarterback, if Drew Locke gets a chance to start, this is his time. Can he thrive? That's the headline. Uh, I think the headline is the new Denver Broncos. The QB carousel begins. At what point in time is it a new QB? We saw them rock with Geno Smith while uh, Russell Wilson was out. He was supposed to be out for six months or six weeks. Sorry. <laughs> Russell Wilson saw Geno Smith and said, I'm coming back in three. And now he's slated to start. I'm not trying to slander him. He's been in this league a long time. He understands how to play the game of football but he's not exciting. Drew Locke, I had my issues because of fantasy, but apparently the Seattle Seahawks really wanted him. They thought he just had a bad shape. Maybe they understand that they can use him a different way. Maybe they understand his arm talents, what they need, and he can be the guy to come in and play. Or is there still conversation about them going out and getting a guy like Baker Mayfield? Is Jacob Easton going to play football this season? Is there a chance that we see a wide receiver play quarterback in Seattle this year for one game because there's issues? I think they got a. I think they got some discussions to have in that QB room, uh, and until they can come out and prove me wrong, uh, that's just the way I'm going to feel about it. I don't think any of that stuff matters. I think you just we're talking schedule. Where are the wins? Where are the wins on this schedule for the Seattle Seahawks and where the state of their franchise is right now? We talked about great draft defense looks a little bit improved. They addressed the offensive line. You brought up all the weapons and running game. Where are the wins? Anybody that's going down the Seattle schedule, can you point out seven wins? Can you get to seven wins there? I got them at four. I mean, they'll they'll be solid at home. They'll compete against the teams when they play at home. They usually play pretty well. They go on the road. They don't play well already. And now you add in a quarterback who's not very good, or we at least perceive to not be very good, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke or whoever else they bring in from now until the start of the season. Where are the wins? That's really what it boils down to for me. Yeah, we and we look at the rest of the 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 way we had it shake out. I I had about three wins, so you so you were, you had about four, and I was like, I I what you're you're exactly right. I was similar to what I said about the San Francisco 49ers. I was desperately trying to find wins for the Seattle Seahawks in their schedule, right. and I just couldn't find it. I mean, I think I think there are three wins the way I had it listed on my. Uh, on my notes here that Aaron love that I put in the, in the doc and ruined his fancy schmancy doc. I have them <laughs> a win over Atlanta in week three. I have a win over yep. the giants in week, yep. oh, uh, in week eight. <laughs> and then I have a win over Carolina and that's it. That's all I have. Yeah, so I, so I don't AJ, even have them beating Carolina. <laughs> I have them it, winning two other division games, the Niners the and only, the Rams. And again, because they're division games. 
the only reason why I have them winning against Carolina and even Atlanta here, I think, I think if this game was in Atlanta, they'd win. And I think if yep. this game was at Carolina, they'd win or they lose. I mean, that's what I like. I, yeah. I feel like Carolina going on, on the road all the way to Seattle is that factor that, that why they lose. And then same with Atlanta. I think that's where they get the luck of the draw. And that's where they get two of their three wins on my schedule. I, I just don't think, I don't think a team like Seattle with as much veterans that they do have on that team are going winless in their division. That's yeah. where my fourth, that's where my four, where my other wins come from. They'll beat the Cardinals, the Rams or the 49ers once or twice just because it's a division game at home and they'll they'll get them but yeah you're right there's not a lot of wins there they're just not. Yeah. i'm actually pretty sure i gave them a win or two as i was dozing off i might have double counted one of them <laughs> i think back to like houston last year and i feel like that's where seattle might be now with a couple more veterans you know like and they we were shocked that houston pulled out four wins so uh it may be between those two guys, and they're going to be right there picking at the top of the draft next season. So on the plus side, if Drew Locke or Geno Smith isn't the guy, there are apparently some great, great quarterbacks coming into the NFL yeah. next year. Apparently. Yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll have- Part of the problem is they're playing the AFC West. So NFC yeah. West plays AFC West. So they already play in a tough NFC West, and they have to play the AFC West, which is the best Probably division the in football right football. now. Not a lot of wins on those schedules. Nope. Yeah. Nope. But you could be in prime position to get your Bryce Young or CJ Stroud yep. uh, at the next draft. And, and what it. we talked about this year in the draft, they have their core. They have they drafted their core. They have their core around whatever quarterback comes in. So Seattle Seahawks fans, we are not trying to rag on you. Although the 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 standings show otherwise, we are not. You guys are a team that we are. We're pushing for. We're pulling for to, to for you guys to have a bright future. So you, you're welcome. Okay, you're They're welcome set up for giving you those they things. Are. They're they set are. up nicely. If they go and get Bryce Younger or CJ Stroud next year, you look at that team completely different going into next season and where they're going to be. Yep. Can some yep. of their players be patient? You know, that's all, that's all exactly. it boils down to. And can the fans be patient? Fans, you have to be patient as well. They These are our final know. standings. <laughs> they, they should, but they're, you know, there's, there's some they're of those fans. fans that still live and die by, you know. This is the final standings of the NFC West here. I believe we all have pretty similar stand. I don't think there were, we're in just that middle that Cardinals 49ers could go either way, according to us, but the Rams are at the top and the Seattle Seattle Seahawks are at the bottom. That does it though, for our NFC West schedule breakdown. We'll be back again Monday for the AFC West the AFC West on Monday, live at 8 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and, of course, Belly Up Sports TV. AJ, one last time, hit him with it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't catch us in the first 20 minutes after we were winning all them games, you can catch us now and tomorrow and every damn day at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Be sure to hit that like. Be sure to hit those hearts, those arrows that make you share, that up button with the arrow out the box that makes you share. Tell somebody, tell everybody about the Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and the Instagram. We appreciate all y'all rocking with us. If you didn't know, we're at 400 subscribers on YouTube. We love the smoke, so let's get to five. Tell somebody about your boys who are back in town. Sac City Pod, baby! There you go. And if you see any of our posts on the gram or on its, our social media, we are bumping it up. We're bumping up the interaction. We want to see you guys joining in on the fun that we have on social media. Let us know your thoughts on whatever polls are out there. And, you know, just be a fan. We are we're sad with the Sac City Podcast. We are here for you guys, uh, for the fans. But we're back again on Monday, live at 8 p.m. Eastern time, covering the AFC West and their schedule. For your boy, AJ Johnson, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, and for Dylan Kurtz. The smoothest voice in sports casting. I am me. We will see you Monday. I do want to shout out uh, Mr. Brian Kelly tuning in right now. Got married tonight and he's watching the show. Um, congrats to Catherine Kelly and Brian Kelly who got married earlier tonight and are watching the show. So I want to shout them out as uh, we're watching wine down here. Much love. Congratulations. And he's out.
Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>